Welcome, Digital Difference Makers. Today with me, I have Joe Marku from the Sales Dojo, the Sales Sensei. Welcome, yes. Joe. Yes. Great to see you, Joe. Thanks for having me. And thanks for coming on. Now, for the people that don't know you yet, could you please give yourself a quick intro so people can get to know you? Sure. My name is Joe Marku. I am the Sales Sensei of the SOS Dojo, the Sales Objection System Dojo. I'm based out of Winnipeg, Canada, although I am a digital nomad. We have clients all over the world, literally all over the world. The only place that we don't have clients at this point, I think, is Antarctica. So yeah, things are going very, very well. Um, I'm happy to be here, Job, and I'm thrilled to be able to help people enroll more clients at higher prices without stumbling over themselves when they handle objections, which is our biggest goal. Because it's one of the bane of the existence of any coach. They want to help people. They have a great idea. They see a great opportunity. They know their programs and products. The biggest challenge is some people don't want to sell. They just want to coach. And I respect that. If you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, we want to help you be better in terms of your conviction and the way that you communicate so that you can handle objections effectively with confidence because that is true power. And that's our goal. Yeah. So for, for someone that may be listening that's really early on, only done a couple of sales calls, what is what are the main objections that come up? Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll list them off and we cover them in our, what we call our sales transformation program. It's a 12 week program. And so we go, it's too expensive. Literally number one. Number two is I can't afford it. Number three is I want to think about it. Number four, I need to speak to my spouse. Number five, I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm not really sure if this is going to work for me. Number six, what kind of deal can you give me? Or is that your best price? Is there a lower price? What if I get two or more? And the list goes on. So you can imagine, and every, every objection has a different disguise. So just because it's, wow, that's expensive. Sometimes you can hear somebody say, you know what, Job, this is more money than I thought it was going to be. So does that mean it's expensive or does that mean that they can't afford it? Mm, yeah, yeah. Right? Think... So then you have to isolate the objection to be able to handle the objection. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that that's probably like the stuff up that I think a lot of people make early on. And, and I, I certainly made very early on is like you hear something and then it's like there's that desire to like pounce on that and deal with it. And like you're saying, it's often at times it's the mark. So there's a lot of other stuff behind it. And it's like, you could be dealing with this thing over here and really getting punched back in the head by the real objection, right? right? Yeah. The, the one thing that I hear a lot of different trainers suggest is that if you do a perfect consultation or if your discovery process is perfect, you'll never run into an objection. And the reality of it is, I think every listener and every observer can, can agree, you're going to run into objections. The key here is when you have conviction and you've practiced it over and over again, where you own it, and that level of confidence is portrayed in body language. Like for those that are viewing this, 55% of the way we communicate is body language. 38% of the way we communicate is our tone of voice. So most people always say to me, Joe, what do I say when they say, I got to go speak to my wife? 
Or what do I say when somebody says, you know what? I think I'm going to have to reflect on this a little bit. Like I can give you the scripts. The scripts mean nothing. The, the words are really 7%. And this is based on Albert Morabian's laws of communication. So there's, there's a literally the science behind this is 93% of the way we communicate, 38% tone, 55% body language. That's what we practice. Yes, we, we start off with the words. And then we take the words away. And then we get you to do it in your own authentic voice. And we do it with live course corrections so that you don't, um, uh, and then you, um, I think it, listen, none of that stuttering stuff goes on. There's no long excessive pauses and no body sweats. You come in with that conviction. You're, you have that power and that strength about you. And again, that, that isn't pushy. There's a difference between being pushy and assertive. So some people are passive in their approach and then they'll let people, yeah, I want to think about it. Feel free, call me back when you're ready or email. They'll tell you what, they'll ghost you, okay? And then on the flip side, you have from passive to aggressive where it's like, yeah, you know what? You're just coming across way too strong. So what we want to, and what we do show you is how to be your own level of assertive. You don't have to be as high energy as me because I know I'm a very high energy individual. Highest energy wins when it comes to emotion. So we start off helping you figure out what the logic space is and then what's the emotional connection to the logic so that people can make that decision. Because what, what's an objection? An objection is when somebody is afraid to make the wrong decision. Mm. And in many cases, by the way, they're also afraid to make the right decision because when they make an investment, let's say you're a fitness coach. Well, now if they, they're afraid to make the right decision because now all of a sudden they have to make a commitment. They've got to stick to a program. They've got to go and exercise. They've got to perhaps delete certain foods from their nutrition program. And that is the fear of making the right decision. And of course, there's people who've been burned before and they're afraid of making the wrong decision. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I totally, I've, I've seen that a lot with objections that we've had. And I've seen that with a lot of objections that our clients have had. I think just coaching in general, like the sale isn't, you know, sale for an agency or a done for you offer is a little bit easier in the way that like, you know, if they commit, it, you just have to justify the ROI. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and the trust. Yeah. You know, and there's a few sure. other things, but for a coaching thing, like you're saying, like they have to, the sale also then, creates a commitment from them so yep. it's like how do you deal with that how do you so i mean if, if someone comes into your program like what is the sales objection system how do you help people overcome sure. these things or figure out you know yeah. how to get the, someone to be committed the, the the elegance of the sos is it's essentially a two-step process two steps very simple we acknowledge is step one. So acknowledge the person, not the objection. Acknowledge and then ask a question. Now, just because I've just given you the blueprint of what the SOS is, doesn't mean that you have mastery over it, right? Okay, Joe, that's great. I acknowledge and I ask a question. The big problem with objections is our emotional response. So case in point, Joe, if I asked you, do you believe in what you do? like your program, your offer, do you believe in it heart and soul? Yeah, 
100%. I would there say, asking anybody who's watching or listening, if I ask you, do you believe in your offer? Do you believe that what you're doing for other people, if it's a program, that the program is so valuable that people would actually be crazy not to take it? If that's how you feel, here's the trap. When somebody says, oh my God, that's expensive, your emotional response is the problem, not theirs. And so when emotions go up, this is human nature, by the way. When your emotions go up, Joe, or you, the listener, when your emotions go up, what happens? Intelligence goes down. Perfect example. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone that you love? And the conversation is going great. And then all of a sudden you start having a debate over certain items. And the debate turns into an argument. And then in that argument, the emotions are up. And you say something absolutely ridiculous because the intelligence went down. Raise your hand if you've ever done that before. Well, that's everyone, unless you're not a human, okay? And so because of that, in the same context of a sales process, I mean, you're a marketer, so you understand the con context of a funnel. You get somebody to come into your funnel. You spend time with them, whether that's on social media, could be TikTok, could be Instagram, could be Facebook. You're DMing back and forth. You finally get them to get on a call. They book a call. You're spending all this time with them. You go over your process. Your discovery is fantastic. Then you mention your price. Then suddenly there's objections behind that and resistance. And when we feel resistance, what do we do? Our emotions, right? Some people, just before they even mention the price, they get choked up. And so we practice your pitch and we also practice the most important part is handling objections because objections are going to happen. Now, if you're really good at handling objections, what's interesting is when you get excellent at it, fewer objections will, will happen. In most cases, we get, we get a lot of our, black, uh, our, our dojo members or black belts that they go, I can't wait. I hope this guy, you know, I hope she, she throws me an objection because they're ready because it becomes automatic. So let's use an example of, wow, that's expensive. Like, and most people aren't going to say, hey, Joe, that's expensive. They're going to react. Like if you said, yeah, Joe, the, like give me an example of a, a cost of a program that you, maybe one of your clients has. Aver average price. Oh, uh, I'd say about $4,000. Okay, so 4K, right? So, it's how, so, so just to go over the pricing or the investment is going to be $4,000. And a lot of people might go, they might not say anything. They might just go. That's the reaction. That face, fifty-five percent body language. So you or or four thousand dollars. That could be the answer. That's it. Then the question becomes: You, as the person who is here to help people, remember the trap. You believe one hundred percent in your program, and that's the reaction from someone. Well, then there's a couple problems. Number one you didn't convey enough value during your discovery process. That's fair. Even if there's a ton of value, you may have people that are so good at negotiation that that's their reaction. Like, don't kid yourselves. There are people that are so good at negotiation that they react like that on purpose. So even if your value proposition is so great and your discovery is so great, if you've got a high ticket program, then the people that can afford it they have money. They have money because they know how to negotiate. So guess what they do? They push your buttons on purpose. So I, I laugh at the idea that somebody's going to say, 
you know, there's never an objection at the end of a call. I, I'll call bullshit on that. The fact of the matter is there is going to be objections. The question is, what is your emotional resilience and how do you build it? Well, we help you build it so that when somebody throws an objection at you, you have the right body language and more importantly, the right conviction so that you can stand your ground. Now, there are going to be salespeople out there that have been doing sales for 30, 40 years. Like I'm in my 50s. So I can tell you, I've learned this over my career. I've also learned how to be able to teach it so that instead of you spending 10,000 hours, you can get it done in 12. Like that's the beauty of it. Because if you have you read Malcolm Gladwell's The Outliers? Not yet. No, it's, it's on okay, the, have you, uh, the have you heard list have you, books to read. Have you heard it? How, how many hours does it take to develop mastery in anything? Is 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you want to spend 10,000 hours practicing your sales out in the field and having people say no and throwing objections at you? You don't know what to say or go into a place where you don't type it out and you ask somebody for the script. I'm talking where you practice it over and you have somebody going no you stop try it again because if you're going and i'll give you example coming back to it's too expensive wow joe that's really expensive step one acknowledge thanks for letting me know how you feel joe that's how you acknowledge it thanks thanks for sharing your opinion joe because that's instant opinion it's a feeling oh my god is that in pesos Are you crazy thanks for letting me know how you feel joe i'm just curious Ask the question, what exactly are we comparing this to? Now, I'm going to go over a couple of things just so that your listeners can understand a few things because this is yeah. powerful. Number one, yeah, yeah. okay, when, when you do active listening, what do you typically do when people actively listen? What do they do? Yeah, you're nodding along. They're nodding along. Yeah. Wow, that's expensive. What am I saying? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. So the moment that I, I've watched this countless times from rookie salespeople or for, for, for coaches who mean so well because they're doing a great job of listening. So it's like, yeah, it's $4,000. Well, thank you for letting me know how you feel. And yet, unfortunately, 55% of the way we communicate is body language. Thank you for letting me know how you feel. What exactly are we comparing this to? And you're saying yes the whole time. So it's like, we go, stop, back up. Wow, that's expensive. And you got to go, well, thanks for letting me know how you feel, Joe. I'm just curious. What exactly are we comparing this to? So I start saying, no, it's not. Mm. And then I also tilt my head 15 degrees because that leads to empathy. Mm. If I stand up straight, if I'm looking at you straight on, I'm in my authority space. The moment that I start asking you a question, doesn't it make sense that I tilt my head a little bit just because I'm curious? Yeah. And that, yeah, yeah. again, and I'm not suggesting that that's going to make or break a sale. What I'm suggesting is that it develops a strength of conviction in the person who's the coach, who's looking to persuade someone to say, I want to buy from you because yes. this is the difference. People don't want to be sold. They want to choose to buy. So yeah. what we're, we're doing is we're helping people learn the process so they can influence people in such a way where it's not manipulative. They're influencing people so they can help them. And they're going, yeah, yeah, I feel good about the purchase. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I find it so interesting because like I, one of the most powerful sales training things that I did, we were doing a role play and this girl said that she was feeling frustrated around social media. Okay. And then I think she also said sad. And then she sort of quickly 
talked herself out of the feeling side of it. You know, she started to, you know, I feel sad and I feel frustrated, but you know, it's not too bad. And, and she started to go on and sort of create some logical side to it. And then I tried to one attack the logical side and not ask her around the emotional side. So I wasn't really listening for that. But the other thing that I did was I laughed and tried to make a joke to make her more comfortable in that feeling. Fair. And like that felt, felt like the right thing to do. So the, I think what's interesting about like that whole scenario that you just went through then is like, you know, you do not along factor listening. Like there's things that we've practiced to do because we think that they're the right thing. And it's like, we almost need to like fully pull a lot of things back. Correct. To like based all, on self-sabotage, purely yeah. based on self-sabotage without knowing it. Mm. Everybody is so well-meaning in the approach. And I'm not saying that, you know, the, 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 um, this example, the body language piece is the make or break it definitely makes a huge difference in how we communicate. And what happens is because you put in the repetitions with a coach, what we call a black belt, because we've got black belts in the dojo that will follow along as they'll, they'll throw objections at you. And then eventually, just like in a martial arts dojo, we spar. Yeah. So if the, we all have sparring sessions where you'll have multiple objections thrown at you. And our record in the dojo for one of our clients is 14 objections on an actual sales call to a close. That's a lot wow. of objections. Yeah. That's a lot. So now that doesn't mean, and, and by the way, we've, the beauty of that, because it takes a certain level of conviction, the beauty of that is that same, same now customer turned around and said to Connor, who's the, the black belt in question, told Connor weeks later, I am so glad that you stuck with me because this has made a huge difference to me. So, because a lot of our coaches, they, they, they don't just, you know, work in the dojo, like our coaches, our members, our coaches themselves, and they have their own businesses. And so we share wins of the week at the beginning of every session. And it's fantastic to hear, I had nine objections on this one call and this person turned around and they were happy at the end. And, yeah, that's normal if you do it right. Mm. And most people don't even get to a point where they even ask for the sale, let alone handle an objection correctly without coming across pushy. So if you're going to walk away from anything from this podcast, from this episode is this, acknowledge first. It could, it could be anything. Somebody throws an objection, acknowledge the person, not the objection, because we're having a relationship with someone. And what's interesting is, doesn't it make sense to be able to have a skill set that can translate not only in sales, also in your regular life? Yeah. Because this will work wonders in relationships with children, with your significant other. I can promise you in context where things, things can get ugly, you can defuse a situation using the SOS. Just simply acknowledge first. So look at the difference. Somebody says, wow, that's expensive. Emotions go up compared to what? Right? Do people actually spend that kind of, this is really a lot of money, man. 
what are you comparing it to? So if I said, what are you comparing it to? Well, now what I'm doing is I'm excluding you. And now it's you versus me. Mm. And if you listen to the way that we approach it, it's like, hey, thanks for letting me know how you feel. I'm just curious, what exactly are we comparing this to? Now I'm making it about us. It's not about you. And these nuances make a huge difference. So some people say, wow, Joe, these are like Jedi mind tricks. It's like, yeah, okay. They are. No, it, it, it sounds awesome. Like there's the, these little tweaks that I think you don't really think about. And like we keep coming back to that whole point of like, you probably don't even realize you're doing it. Right. Like you're probably on these calls. You might know it conceptually or like you hear it even here on the podcast the first time and go like, oh, I'm going to do that next time. Yeah. And best of it, luck. But it's not second nature. No. How do you, the, the, the key here, and Tony Robbins has said this for 40 years. The mother of, if you want to get the mother of all skill, repetition is the mother of all skill. It's key to put in the reps. Now, the problem is it's quality repetitions. So if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're doing this alone without having somebody on the side being able to course correct you, it's no different than having a golf coach. Somebody watching you hit the ball and it's like, ooh, you know what? Place your foot this way. And then all of a sudden you're hitting it straight. That's exactly what we're doing. So instead yeah. of you doing it over and over and over again and making mistakes and failing, and it, that, that could be costly for people. We time collapse the process. And what's even crazier, the crazy part is the return on investment for people. Like it's just, it's so, and we have a lot of fun, like let alone the fact that at first people are a little concerned and we tell people, listen, the dojo is the safest place to make mistakes because everybody screws up in the dojo and you're better off to screw up with a coach than screw up live on a call. Like how often has it happened? And I've, again, back in the earlier parts of my career where, oh, I should have said, like, there's no more I should have said because we know what your typical objections are. And so what we do is after the 12-week transformation, you go into the Kaizen program, which is Japanese for never-ending continual improvement with, with the intention of what? Keeping the ax sharp. Mm. Yeah. So we just help you stay sharp. That's, that's so our, we have our, initial transformation program and then we have an ongoing program and we've had people in the dojo for years yeah well and, yeah and, and i can see the importance of having that of sharpening the axe and keeping that because i mean sales calls themselves can be like the biggest cost for anything i remember when we had the ads agency and we were bringing leads to people and i i think one of the first clients we had they weren't sure what to do with the lead once they had it. Right. It's like, hey, you've, they've given you all the information. They want you to reach out. And then right. they didn't know whether or not to reach out. And then when they did reach out, they weren't exactly sure what to say or how to convert it. And it was like, geez, what, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want to yeah. send you a heap of leads if, if you, can't you don't convert. know what to do with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and there's a mindset piece to all of that too. I mean, there's though for, for the example of some of the people that might be just starting out and even for people who've been veteran in sales, one of the things that I like to, again, I'm going to suggest, I say this often in, in the dojo and, and so do the black belts, 
Now take the information that we give you like spare ribs, you keep the meat and you throw away the bone. So just because we're going to provide you information doesn't mean that you have to do it our way. We're going to give you proven techniques that absolutely work. That's why it's hundred percent money back guaranteed. However, if you feel this is not authentic to me, that's okay. It's totally okay. We're going to give you that flexibility because authenticity is absolutely key. And so the repetition being that mother of all skill being so critically important. This is the, I, I, I find it incredible how many people would just make that mistake. You know, whether you're a, a, a salesperson who's been around the block for a very long time or someone who's brand new, if you make the mistake of thinking that you know it all, like I told you before we started, I've just purchased another sales program to learn more. I mean, you know, even though we've I've combined my executive team and I, I mean, I've personally been in sales for, I dare say, 35 years. Just like, yeah. <laughs> anyways, and, I went off on a tangent. Continually there. learning though. Like, I, I think that's, I particularly on the side of, you know, having a coach, having someone else be able to see what you're doing to be able to refine you. It's like, you don't know what kind of, bad habits or other things you might be getting sucked into doing, but how did you get into this? What was your, yeah, how, how did the sales dojo come about? It, so, uh, I mean, I started off in the exercise equipment industry. So in the fitness industry, in my late teens, I was a manager. I got hired as a manager of a exercise equipment store, outfitting high-end equipment, high-ticket equipment for home and for health club use. And then I opened up my first, my own store at the age of 20. I, I got offered the opportunity to buy into their store and the numbers didn't jive. So I said, I'm just going to do this myself. So at the age of 20 years old, I opened up my very own exercise equipment store. And then at the age of 25, I did a merger with a company and we went from seven locations to 38 across Canada in a year and a half. So learned quickly about scaling and advertising and sales. Fast forward, I sold the shares of my company and then I worked for a couple of other large fitness and bicycle companies. You might know, for example, Rocky Mountain Bicycle or perhaps Trek. Well, Trek had a division called Vision Fitness, uh, Matrix Fitness. So I was their sales manager for Canada and I also did international sales training. And then I wrote a book. I'm giving you the shortened version. I wrote a book back in 2007 called Boutique Thinking in a Big Box World. And I developed something that's called the Army of One Sales Training Approach, which is also a book that's coming out before the end of the year called How to, How to Be an Army of One in Sales. And in the Army of One process is the SOS. So prior to the pandemic, I used to travel all over. The, I mean... When I say all over, all over Canada, all over the US, I traveled into Europe. I did travel into Asia a little bit. I've yet to come to your neck of the woods. So I'm oh, yeah. waiting for the invitation. <laughs> um, and so I would do live events. And then the pandemic hit. I was in Washington, DC when that happened. And it was, hey, we're closing the border. You, you have to go back to Canada. And for the first two months of the pandemic, like in 2020, I was booked for 144 days of travel. 144 days of travel. That's a lot of travel. That's a lot of time away from my family. And I was literally an army of one teaching the army of one process 
to retailers and fitness, nutrition, uh, personal trainers, gym owners all over North America. And then this medium of video conferencing took hold out of necessity globally. And so one of my coaches, Craig Valentine, who actually his sales team are part of the dojo. So Craig said, you know what, you've, you've got to teach your sales objection system to people. So I did a webinar and I mean, I took a whole bunch of old email lists, put it at webinar together, got my first group in the dojo over two years ago. And here we are today. Uh, now I've got 13 staff. So it just gives you an idea that, uh, and it's been, it's been an, an incredible ride, an incredible ride. So that's how we got started. So now we're teaching people from all over the world. They're hopping on Zoom. We, they meet with us once a week. There's a little bit of video homework that they have before each session. That way they could just come in and we put in the reps live. And then we record the sessions and then we send them their recorded session so that they can, we'll tell them, hey, timestamp this at 46 minutes in. This way they'll know. We'll tell them, this is where you made the, the, the error. Let's try it again. And then it, they can use it like game film. Mm. So you can see themselves in action. That's yeah, great. How, how important do you think it is for people to be like, because I, I know there's a, that's another thing I think a lot of people early on in sales, they don't, they forget to record their sales calls and they don't watch yeah. back their stuff. Yeah. Or do you, you know, and I suppose we, compared to this, where they actually get to see the before and after as well as just watching it on their own. There, there's the 50% of, of the, 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 yeah, the, the answer to that is critically important. You need to, I'll come back to the 50% statement that I was thinking of. You need to record your calls and review. There's no doubt. If you don't review your calls, you don't know what you're doing wrong. It, it, and then you should also review your calls to know what you're doing right. That's regardless of the outcome. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Keep doing it, right? Keep doing what you're doing right. And then, you know, don't worry about, you know, if you're doing something wrong, then course correct, right? Now, 50% of the challenge that people run into is, especially when they're starting out, they go, I don't have enough leads. Or on the flip side, they're saying, you know what? I'm not getting enough sales. And if you really think about it, regardless of the number of leads you have, if you're owning a business, sales is the oxygen to your business. So what's your conversion rate? Like we like to ask how many leads, how many people set appointments, how many people show up for the appointment and how many people did you close? Lead, set, show, close. If you're not measuring those basic metrics, you're in for a world of trouble, right? How many leads, how many people set the appointment, how many people actually show up, how many close? And we know that the, the numbers typically look like this, right? It's a downward, you got like hundred leads, then maybe 50 people set the appointment, 25 people set up show, and then how many did you close? And if you're starting out or if you're a veteran, if you're, we can help you with your closing rate. That's what we do. We also go over some lead gen things and what, whatnot. That's your level of expertise is lead gen. Our level of expertise is the close rate, is handling that objection. And I, I started something and it just came back to me. I said something earlier for those who are veteran or if you're brand new, and I wanted to share this because I forgot and I, I rabbit hole. And the one thing that I want to share is this. 
my suggestion, right? Keep the meat, throw away the bone. My suggestion is don't look at your prospects as prospects. Our suggestion is look at them as a guest. So let me give you the example. Using again, a lot of this is our mindset. If I'm on, if I'm on a call with you, Job, and all of a sudden my phone rings, right? I've got my phone turned off. If my phone rings, and Job, I'm sorry, it's my wife. I got to take this. Yeah, sweetheart, I'm I'm actually with a prospect right now. Can I call you back? Like the word prospect, because a lot of people will say I'm with a client. Well, they're not a client mm. because they haven't paid you yet. They don't become a they they, they become a customer when they pay you. They're a client when they pay you. So instead, listen to from this perspective and how does it feel? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, sweets, I gotta let you go. I'm actually with a guest right now. Mm. You're my guest. Feels very welcoming. Absolutely. And so these things in terms of the way that we look at how we help people instead of close the sale, if you're a coach, if you have a program, if you're even selling a product to someone, the, like a, an actual physical product, you're not closing the sale. Our, our suggestion is you're starting a relationship. Like the relationship starts at the beginning of the funnel. But the truth is the relationship of the business relationship as a customer to provider, it's my goal isn't to close a sale or get them across the finish line. My goal is to motivate you to get you across the starting line. Because that's how we get started. Mm. We get started, and it's very transparent with you. We get started with people when they come into our transformation program, and then we continue as they stay into the Kaizen program. And they can stay in for as long as they want. I mean, there's people stay in once they get started, and they get the the benefits. It just becomes second. Like This is like, okay, this is like their phone bill. Oh, yeah. There's my bill for my SOS Dojo Kaizen. Oh, there's my phone bill. Like they're not going to turn off their phone. They're not going to stop coming to Kaizen because they're getting the result. Mm. And I would think the same thing with what you're doing. If you're creating leads for people and they know how to communicate with people and get them across the starting line, these guests to transition into actual paying customers, why would they ever stop? They won't. Just that's that's what you do. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So makes sense. It hundred percent does. For yourself, through the sales dojo and the work that you're doing now, what do you want the impact of that to be in 10, 15 years time? Yeah, that's great. You know, I'm on on my vision board, which I have right here, and I'll I'll go off script here, and I'll let you see it. Right. So there's a variety of things that are up. Very there. detailed. Lots of yeah. Lots. Yeah, of I've had some too. of that following me around for a long time. So part of that vision board, so the impact that I want to make, some of it is, is my why is helping people live a better quality of life, whether it's through the products and services that we offer and the products and services that you and your listeners offer. When I leverage the skills that I've learned over my career and help other people do that, I, it, it's awesome. I would love to see a million people in 15 years be in the dojo because that's going to change the way that people communicate and it's going to make people want to purchase as opposed it's, it's wonderful and I, i'd love to get to a point where we have a thousand black belts i i think that when i i tell people if you really want to master something 
you teach it. So everyone who's on my team was and or is a member of the dojo. So they went through the program. You cannot be, you cannot be, even if you're a VA, you've been through the program. So everyone understands the culture, which is mm. really important. And so, yeah, I, in 15 years from now, um, I'll be in my late 60s and uh, it, I'll probably still be in this because I'm having so much fun making a difference. I would love to have a legion of people of sale because I have myself and my sales samurai team. So I'd love to have a whole bunch of samurais with a whole bunch of black belts and a whole bunch of people in the dojo. And I don't think it's crazy to think of a large number like that because it makes a huge difference for people. And then selfishly, there's things up on there that we're already building. My wife and I are building our dream home on Lake of the Woods, which is two hours east of us. Um, not because we need another house, because we need some place that's going to be able to provide us an area where we can create memories with the soon to be in the distant future, our grandchildren. Yeah. We've got, we've got some kids that are already married. So we know that one day we'll have grandkids. So I'm already thinking one day I'm going to be a grandfather. And so this is, you know, selfishly, that's, that's part of my why I, I think of my daughters, I think of my sons and we're working hard to be able to leave a legacy for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I, I love that yeah. answer. And I think that I don't think it is ridiculous to think about like a big number like that, particularly with the model that you have set up where the people that become the trainers and well, become the black belts, become the samurais right. have to have gone through the process. So the kind of, it's kind of like, if you feel the front end, it actually just builds itself over right. time, which I think is, really cool compared to you know a lot of other programs i know that a big issue at the moment with some of the people that are coming to me as opposed to competitors is that those competitors have scaled so much that they've just got some random head coach that right. hasn't done the work themselves yep. like they've just kind of yep. been hired in and trained for maybe a couple of weeks but they really haven't done a lot of the work so like you you're nailing it you are yeah. absolutely nailing it i don't i i i've actually been in a couple of those programs where i don't have a problem getting taught by somebody who's younger from me if they have a skill set i have no problem with that at all i have you know like i said i'm i'm 51 years old i can learn from somebody who's 25 if they have a skill that i don't have i'm happy to pay for it and i don't need to spend you know thousands of dollars because the program is long i'm paying for results so my preference would be if you can time collapse this and you can do this i'll pay you thousands for 90 minutes it's fine as long as i acquire it and then i can apply it mm. and one of the things that i found very interesting in a couple of these programs that i've done is that they brought in and i'll say rookie coaches and some of these rookie coaches were older than i they had no experience in the process so they got trained by them without having to really go through their process and, and live it. And yeah. um, the, the, the majority of our black belts are business owners that they come in and they come in and deliver the materials part-time because they have a business to run. So they can share their actual own business experience with the people in the room. So when you become a black belt, 
you earn the right. You can't just become a black belt. You don't pay for it. We, we nominate you. And then if you choose to, then you pay for that program. We pay you back because we pay our black belts handsomely as they should get paid. And then their delivery. So we have a black belt training just for the black belt team. And then they're delivering in the dojos. So I'm not always in every dojo. I mean, I float in typically unannounced. I show up and I make people nervous, which is good because I want you to be nervous in the dojo so that you're not nervous on calls. Yeah. Right. Emotions go up. Intelligence goes down. So some people are cold as ice or if you're rude. And by the way, we vet our people. There's some people that we don't allow in. Because I mean, I don't want to have negative energy. If you're not someone who believes in abundance, Mm. it's okay. You're just not going to be a fit for our program. So when I tell people we need to get the right fit, I don't want somebody who's rude or obnoxious or just a downer. We want people, I can understand if you're having a hard time, we'll help, we'll lift you up. Not a problem. Everybody leaves every dojo session fired up, ready for next, for the coming week so that they can come in next week, even more fired up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that's I think that's an important thing as well. Like that, there's the coaching side to protect the culture, and then there is you know the other clients that you bring in impact the culture for the other clients that you have. So I do absolutely think that is a really important thing to protect and yeah. cultivate there. So, but look, Joe, if anyone has been watching this and had a, an amazing time, really wants to check out the sales objection system and the sales dojo, where can they do that? You know what? Thanks for asking. So you can go to sosdojo.com, sosdojo.com, or you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Coach Joe Marku. I'm also on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm I'm omnipresent, which of course, you know, Joe and I have been following each other for some time on on our social medias and we're working it. So it's great. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Joe. I appreciate you sharing all the value that you just shared because I think that just in that there's a lot there that could help someone get a sale. So it's, thank you very much for my, sharing. It's my pleasure. And for anybody who's listening, if you go to sosdojo.com forward slash Job, this way we'll know where you're coming from. We'll make sure that we take extra care of you. How about we do that, Job? Yeah, I love that. I appreciate that. Okay. Thank you very much. I'll do man. that. I'll make sure we, we put something together for you and your team. Yeah. And, and we'll chuck that into the show, into the show notes okay. for this. Sounds awesome. great. Thanks everyone.